I've seen like half of Forrest Gump, and that took seven hours. <laughs> oh my god! So in Forrest Gump, he that gets shot in the butt. Vlog, right? Yes, <laughs> that movie is actually three days long. <laughs> Welcome to Back in the Field, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine podcast. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi, and today we're going to be talking about Payback. Payback. This is episode 213 and episode 35 of the podcast, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. or something. Whatever, it's I'll fine. just I'll just, like, edit in <laughs> the right number, like, 35 <laughs> over whatever you said it was wrong. <laughs> and leave this in regardless. <laughs> that sounds like a really great idea, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. So, before we dive into our analysis, Carl, what happens in this episode? Or uh, shall I do that? Apparently we forgot to do that last week. Yeah, we're so, kind of sorry. We're sorry if now you don't know what happened in last week's episode. Hopefully by we're now sorry you know what happens in last week's if episode. if you only listen to the podcast and don't watch the show. We're not sorry. We appreciate you. Speak for we yourself, We do appreciate Carl. you. But, like, I feel like your life could be better by watching the show. <laughs> It is true that, that... I'm not saying that watching us makes it worse. <laughs> I'm saying that watching us and watching the show makes it better. I was going to say, listening to our podcast doesn't make the show worse, but watching the show makes our podcast better. That math checks out. Yes. So, Carl, there are really only two plots in this episode. That's true, yeah. actually. Um, in the main plot... Oh, my gosh. In the main plot, where the policing happens, Amy... <laughs> Wrong. This episode is called Payback. Uh, fuck them. <laughs> it's payback for the the fires. <laughs> you know what though? I do want Amy to get the A plot. This is. I mean, it's not like technically the A plot, but we okay. So in the plots in this episode, um, Jake finds out that Terry and his wife are pregnant. Not Jake. Jake's not pregnant. Despite all assertions to yeah. the contrary on his and part. And demands to be godfather, but Terry's like, no, pay me my money back. I'm doing this out of order. Anyway, a variety of things happen. Everyone asks Jake to pay them back. He decides to pay it back in trade using his sweet, sweet body. And it all gets out that anyway because he has grandma-level social media skills. That might be the best thing you've ever said. It's really not. But I love it. I've looked into the eyes of someone who matters and said, I love you. That's better than talking about Andy Samberg's sweet, sweet body. By an order of magnitude. But I'm sure that this comes close. Okay, so as <laughs> someone who hasn't had someone look into my eyes and meaningfully tell me that they love me... You'll get there. <laughs> I believe in you. Thank you. But and I also... believe in the me that believes in the you. And in the B-plot. <laughs> I was going to finish by saying... Go for it. <laughs> Anytime the sentence ends, the starts with Andy Samberg's and ends with sweet, sweet body. It's I'm, like a reasonable surrogate. I'm just, I'm just having, it's a good moment for me okay. when my life goes in that direction. Yeah. Well, maybe someday someone will stare deeply into your eyes and talk about Andy Samberg's sweet, sweet body. <laughs> I was staring into the mic. In the B-plot, uh, Amy... Liz, I'm single. <laughs> Uh, Holt and Amy go to finish off the Brooklyn Broiler case after Holt solved it in about 35 seconds. And Amy 
successfully establishes a rapport between partners and poisons him with street meat. Uh, there's a couple of um, continued like subplots, or I guess continuing jokes. Gina and Amy's like unnecessary but still wonderful interactions happen again this episode, as well as Boyle's weird shampooing hair joke. I I hesitate to call uh, Gina and Amy talking for ten seconds a continuation when they work five feet from each other. Yes, but... Um, Although that kind of are you dying thing, it, it feels very similar to a lot of their other interactions. Well, it's the third episode in a row that they've had an interaction like that. They had so much interaction together in the last episode mm-hmm. that again, I think that's too broad. You're right. I'm I'm being on I'm being a little like heavy handed here. They're still talking. Yeah, yeah, but specifically, the sparks are still flying. Specific <laughs> between Miss Amy Santiago and Miss Gina Linetti, conversational wise. And possibly your secondary ship there. No. Huh. Well... It would be my tertiary ship. Fair enough. I'm sorry. incompatible with my primary and secondary ships. Oh, yeah. It's apparently incompatible. It destroys everything I've ever worked for (laughs) in this podcast. Not in life. Many things remain untouched. Oh, my God. No, um, I mean, because, like, in, um, in Stakeout, right, they get the, they get, like, the C-plot... And then in uh, Beach House, they got the B plot. What was their C plot in? Uh, the the Terry's children's book. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that episode now. Yeah, it's, it's Stakeout or it's Pontiac Bandit Returns. I can't remember. No, it's Stakeout. Yeah, their interactions. Th- this is the third episode in a row that they've been interacting. Even Anne and April didn't interact that consistently on Parks and Rec. Yeah, but. I mean, I see them as in kind of different spheres in Parks and Rec. Fair enough. I don't see Gene and Amy in different spheres in this show. <laughs> well, they do sit, like you said, there five isn't, feet away from each other. There isn't a second sphere. The weird thing about this show is that there is, like, Parks and Rec is so much about their home lives as well, compared to this, where, like, we've been inside their, like, someone's apartment, like, six times. Because Anne is... Like, an outside friend first. She comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's in in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There's no outside characters who matter that much. There's no outside regulars. Do you think we'll, do you think we'll get one? Yes. I think eventually this show will sprawl. I feel like Eva Longoria was the closest, like, would have been a really great... She's a recurring guest. It's, it's so different. I know, I know, but I would love for her to be... Yes, I know we know the spoilers, but... Like still, if if right now if I were to pick any single recurring character to be added as a regular, I would have wanted it to be Sophia. That would have been cool, but she couldn't. Like, I mean, that actress is busy. <laughs> it's not that. It's that um, that relationship isn't built to last. And for her, like, I don't see a show like this breaking up. It doesn't break up a couple that meets like that and then keep the outside partner around you know who i actually think it might be that they add what uh, the the character i bet it i bet it might be the ada maybe but that would be like adding a librarian to the main cast of parks and rec no no no. she sophia's a defense attorney that's different sorry uh district attorney oh okay cool yeah. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to point out that the two, like, sort of recurring, not jokes, but, like, three in a row is not an accident. Yeah. 
What, if it also been directly... No, it, there was some space... I mean, they did the friggin' hair lover thing <laughs> twice in a row. That wasn't in Stakeout, was it? No. Texting, but Beach House had... Beach House had that. Yeah. Stakeout didn't, but I think it was in the episode before Stakeout. Pontiac Bandit? I think it was in Pontiac Bandit. Hmm. I guess Pontiac Bandit too. Or, no, no. Pretty wait. sure it was on the wall, though. The no-no wall. Like no talking about that. No talking about hair well, washing. They just put every single in joke on the wall. I know, but it was great. Yeah. Um. It was in whatever. Can? It was in whatever episode involved Boyle and Holt cooking together. Which might have been Pontiac Bandit too, but I don't think it was. I think it was earlier than that. No, I think you're right. Was it Pontiac Bandit too? Yeah, because I'm pretty. And sure that's three times in four episodes. Which stop. Oh my god, we've I'm lost, so tired of that joke. We've lost track of all the episodes. It's probably because I'm not rewatching these as often anymore. Yeah, well, we yeah. got busy lives. Yeah. With so many different TV shows. Irony is that, well, yeah, one, we picked up a bunch of shows this season, but the, also the irony is with this podcast, I don't have as much time to rewatch re- re- the episodes. Uh, okay, so let's actually talk about the episode. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where That's do you want cool. to start? Should we start with, can we start with um, the A-plot, the Jake Payback stuff? Because sure, I actually sure. really liked the Amy Holt stuff, however abbreviated it was. Well, let did not say that. I don't like it when Rosa is the jerk. I don't like it, yeah. Well, I mean, with Boyle, it's fine, because Jill Truglio is intent on making that character um, uh, endemically creepy. <laughs> uh, there's always going to be something. This season, it's him being super jealous about Jake. Explain. That's an interesting point. This, this was the entire uh, note of Jake's return, with Boyle being jealous about his mob friends. And that and person with this... comes back. That that uh, it, that's on the no no wall. Uh, Boyle explicitly tells Jake not to talk about whatever his name was. That was his like bestie while he was in, in the mob. Every every recurring joke. Yeah, it was great. Like, I, it's not all the time. Like Boyle being a creeper to Rosa, but like. This and... I mean, it's 12 episodes apart. I don't know if there's anything like it in the meantime. But, like... He's, like, punishing Jake for maybe having a closer friendship with Terry. Which is ridiculous. He practically washes hair, Boyle. <laughs> if he asked you, you'd say yes. You once described Charles's character as having a certain gormlessness. And I think that's really his only saving grace. I swear to God you did, because it's on I'm the sure record. I'm sure I did, but I don't currently remember what gormlessness means. I think it means not having gorm. But I forgot what gorm is. I think it's like having... Like a, a kind of um, innocence it? of intent. Yeah, like guile. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have guile. Yeah, no. He's completely guileless. In that, in insofar as, like, his real ability to be threatening. That's interesting, though, because, like, you know, my, like, your tertiary ship is probably Gina Amy... My tertiary ship is probably is probably Charles Jake. Okay. When it's not Jake Holt. Well, <laughs> if I mean those are the ways it can fall together, right? Yes. I like that you and I took each other. But the four of those people are all going to be getting laid by the end of the show. That's what we know. Uh, going back to Boyle, though, I don't I don't know if he's he's there's got to be one more. Was it the Pontiac Bandit or did no? no he didn't care about that. Hmm. Which is surprising. Maybe it's just because they didn't have contact to that episode. 
I think if Charles had seen how Jake is with... Uh, yeah, he never has. Doug Judy, yeah. Because that's, that's, a, that's a Jake Rosa plot line. Yeah, I mean, it's also like... It's also like Jake get it, Jake turning into Charles with Doug Judy being Jake. Mm-hmm. That would that would fuck him up. Yeah, there is another episode where where they do something and Charles has a moment like that though. I'm sure. Uspis maybe he doesn't like get jealous, but like. Uh uh-uh. uh But no, I, I mean they're loyal to each other in that episode. Yes, but what I mean is like where Jake's suddenly finding himself being the Charles in the relationship. Yeah, but. That's a different phenomenon, right? Right. Oh, right. we're talking about that. But now. they're related. Right. Yeah. Mm. Some some many times they're related. Yeah, I guess. But no, Jake Jake's uh Jake's <laughs> mob mob Charles is the one that Charles is actually like jealous of. Yeah, for real. That's like intense, like that's like friends level of intense where they're like, We only have each other as friends. There's a couple times on Friends where they make a joke about how the six of them are only seem to be friends with each other. Because it's the sort of sitcom, like, thing. They see each other 100% of all the time. Just like with How I Met Your Mother. They didn't seem to have friends outside of the five of each other. Though Robin nominally did, and then clearly didn't anymore. Like, once she became friends with these four, she stopped having other friends. From what I've heard about the ending, that's very sinister. Whoa. She was sequestered away from her outside life. I just had a weird, like, conspiracy Keanu moment. da <laughs> No, but Charles is basically on the verge of washing Jake's hair. Yeah, well... He wants to be Alfred to Jake's Batman. Yeah, he also wants Jake to be his godfather. He's older than him. Yeah, you can't do both. Ooh, yeah, because Alfred was... He just wants one of them to be the caregiver for the other. He What he doesn't want is an equal relationship. I was about to say, like, what happens when Charles gets sick and, like, Jake actually does have to be Charles' caregiver... We've actually seen that, though. That happened when Charles got shot. And then when he came back... Jake wasn't there for that episode. He It was Pontiac Bandit, right? Yeah. yeah. He wasn't there for that episode. He was off having another best friend. We have seen, we have like, seen Jake step up, though. We have seen Jake step up. But, like, we commented then that... We are so off track at this point. I know. Um, we commented then that... Uh, Jake wasn't there, and he's the one we would expect to step up and, like, stand up for Boyle. But he wasn't there. That's true. The, we'll, we'll finish, I'm gonna finish this out with, the Jake we saw being like, I feel bad in Beach House is the one who would have been like, I shut up and take care of Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. Back on topic, um, I also don't like it when Rosa has to be the jerk. Yeah. It also just... I mean, she isn't doing it as much as Boyle. Mm. Um... And he does over $800. Hmm. Like. I'm surprised she trusted him with her bike. I feel like that bike is her baby. Wait, didn't, wasn't he just on the back? No, Jake has to clean the bike. Oh. That's like his whole well, thing. Well, I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure there's a, a deep implied threat of violence if anything goes wrong. I still wouldn't and trust I Jake think, with my anything I think mechanical. that she will, risk, th- uh, he's just like washing it. Still, I think that she'll risk it to make him do something he desperately doesn't want to do, because apparently they're taking him up on his offer to trade eight hundred dollars for washing things. All he does is wash things and, and rub service. some butts. Yeah, and <laughs> like they're people. just trying to degrade him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that seems like something that Gina actually wanted to have happen. Because <laughs> there's something so wrong with her. I love it. I guess now they're officially not cousins. Yeah. Because they have different grandmas. Yes. 
And they're both alive. Is the actual nail in the coffin. Do we know for sure that Nana's dead? Yeah, he left. He, he inherited it from Nana. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, yes. Oh. That's, that, yeah. Okay, you're right. Um. Yeah, you're right. They are not, in fact, related. Yep. Cool. So it's all on the table. <laughs> God, I'm gross. Although, you're pulling for that way harder than I am. We which is not very all. far. <laughs> uh. My my pulling for it is me being like I could see it if they wanted to make me ship it. I just don't think their faces would reach each other if they tried. I'm pretty sure this is, <laughs> is this literally what I said last episode. Yes. But yeah, I'm pretty sure this is one of those rare moments where like you like magnets, like you try and then one of them is <laughs> off to the side. It's one of those, They're like hugs. It's one of those times where I think like just watching them kiss would just I. It's like we we're too informed about it, and I just couldn't. You know, like both from the characters and from the actors. Mm-hmm. The other, the other problem with with this plotline, it's not just that everyone's being jerks to Jake and Jake is being a jerk generally. It's that like, it's like he's trying to fail. Like this fucking, it's like this fucking like good baby names gag that he's doing is more important than even trying to do this right. He fucked this up in two days. Two fucking days, because he was like, Hurricane would be a great baby name. Nakatomi would be a great baby name. Crash would be a great baby name. Does he mean, like, the thing that happens when you drop your baby? Or the movie about race relations? Both bad baby names! So, by the way, we forgot to mention that this is Back in the Field brought to you by Carl and Arthi and my good friend Newton. Who's a dog? Newton! Newton! Here, boy! There is a dog. It's looking... Yeah. It, it stopped looking. Newton, here, boy. You just can't have to believe in this dog. He might bark later. I hope he barks later. You're you, you're going to have to believe in this dog, or you're fired from the podcast. He looks like Cheddar. He's a corgi, which is why he looks like Cheddar. I'm baby. I'm babysitting my friend's dog for the week. Dog sitting. You could call it dog sitting. This dog is the best. There's 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 a term for 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 having a dog around. Yeah. Where's his bone? Oh, his bone! So while Arthi seeks for a bone, <laughs> I don't actually have anything to say. Ah, uh, Newton. I forgot about this bone. Anyway, uh, yeah, was there more for this plot you want to talk about? Oh, wait, um, we were drawing parallels between we're, we're this and... About, well, we were talking about how... Um, Jake's trying to fail. It's not that he's trying to fail. It's he's that, not trying to succeed, I guess, is more accurate. Yeah, it's... He cares more about this stupid joke kind of okay on the show but every time it happens someone shows in the background and you're like oh god the third time he does this it's gonna trigger and because like rule of three yeah. yeah and it's frustrating yeah because this is some you you describe this straight out as some season one bullshit yeah yeah it is fucking season one bullshit these are the antics of someone who doesn't know how to care about people he had very explicit instructions this is a secret and like he fucking ferreted this out in a in a grossly like uh, over intrusive way. Like n- when people don't tell people about pregnancies, there's a fucking reason for that, Jake. Yeah. He says it's way too soon, and it's true. She's not starting to show yet. Anything could fucking happen. Yeah, you're supposed to wait at least six weeks, right? Yeah. Like this is not okay. And I'm surprised he got to like. You you and I are twenty five and we know this and like yeah. it's not like it's a it's not like this would be the first pregnant person that he's met yeah like there's fucking Gina's friend I mean he wasn't very involved with that but like 
Come on. Come on. Her dog has lupus. Yeah, her dog has lupus. It's probably dead now. <laughs> yes. True. I mean, there, you can treat autoimmune. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it's really surprising that he keeps pushing this one, like... I feel like most people know by the time they reach, like, pseudo-adulthood that you're not supposed to do that. Well, even... So, bringing up in the first place is is bad. And, like, he saw how upset it made Terry. Like, Terry brought physical violence into this situation. He does pick him up like he weighs nothing. Yeah. I gotta wonder if he does actually pick him up like he weighs nothing, or if there's, like, a harness that we don't see. Terry makes it so clear that, like, it's way too early to tell someone mm-hmm. if Jake needed to know, which apparently he fucking does. And that it's a secret. And there's there's even, there's a carrot and a stick. This is the Jake who can't be stopped from failing. Despite everything, I mean, the others are pushing him, but it's not hard. This is, this is, we talked about episodes that this reminded us of. And this is, like, what we came to is, like, the apartment. But I don't remember why. So well, you're going to have to... Well, we can't... There are different episodes that reminds me of at different points. And, and some of these are fair and some of these are unfair. Yeah. Some of them, we we, meant, we mentioned while we were watching it, Emmy Time. We also mentioned while we were watching it, Operation Broken Feather. Right. And but, we mentioned the apartment, which is because of his... At the last bit with the sacrifice. Yeah, like, this is... This is Jake who hasn't grown from the apartment, because this is Jake... Failing so hard that he has to give up something totally precious to him just to reachieve status quo. I mean, remember in the bet, yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you. And and the reason I agree with you is because in the bet, uh, Charles explicitly says to Jake, after Jake's like, fine, I'll bet the car because I'm not going to lose. And Charles says, don't do it, Jake. Losing that car would be the worst thing in the world for you. Yeah, and it's... It's why Amy it's agrees to go on a date. It's not that anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of like... Yeah. It's not the worst, worst thing in the world to him anymore. Yeah. I think that... What is? Being, well, I think that at this point, being the kind of person who fails other people as badly would be, except that he's so willing to do it. So, going back a couple steps, I could totally, like... I was able to forgive Jake being like, I have to know, because that's Jake's like... He's a cop. No, well, no, yes, but also specifically, Jake's like, I need to solve cases, like, compulsion. Yeah. You know, I could forgive I mean, we, that. We, this, is, this is so consistent. Yeah. It was, the, it was the lead into last episode. That first bit is the part that I was actually okay with. Yeah. That, But the parts that come after, where it kind of keeps pushing the baby name thing, and like... Yeah, like, do, do you really... Do you think that Terry wants to hear that you think you should name his chi- he should name his child Nakatomi? But again, he does say explicitly, "You have infinite patience for my shenanigans." Yeah, but wh- why does he want to test that? And he doesn't like Terry doesn't confirm that for him. When was the last time Terry lost his cool with Jake about Jake's shenanigans? This episode. Well, yes, he lifted him like a pair of grapes. But also at the at the outset. But also unsolvable, right? Um, that's when he's yelling at him about Taylor Swift. I bet there's something in between, but... Chocolate milk? No. Yeah, kinda. Also, they bring up the stuff that happened... I appreciate the continuity, but no, Jake still didn't know what a vasectomy is. Yeah. Um, There's multiple health jokes in here, by the way. Like, is Jake really that, like, unable to... To to take care of himself? Clearly. Yes. This is a weird moment where it's... It's the fact that he has great teeth. Well, Sandberg has great teeth. he's in Hollywood. Yeah. Can we get to this point? Yes, I'm sorry. Um, like, no, the the thing at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, 
But speaking of health... Well, yeah, so, so, like, speaking of health, like, I mean, keeping up with Terry's routine is fucking impossible. It makes sense that it destroys Jake. What doesn't make sense is how they treat that like it makes him, like, completely unworthy. True weakness, is yeah, how you put it earlier. Like, they, they, they make it seem like he's, like, a, a, a noodle-limbed nothing. When, like... So I haven't been doing this for that long, but I work out two, three, four times a week. And I look nothing like Jake. I look like Charles. Because Charles is in pretty good shape for, a, you know, I mean, he's in pretty good shape for a guy who's, like, 13 years older than me and not, like, working out to get a Hollywood body. Like, yeah, you've been working out, what, like, six months, a year? Yeah, it's, it's like ten months, I guess. I, I've been doing CrossFit for two years with my personal trainer, and I don't look like... Terry, like, you know. Now, okay, Terry Cruz is a professional athlete. That's a yeah. whole different game. He's a professional athlete, and he like bodybuilds for fun. Yeah, and he and he and not just for fun. Like his body was his tool out of poverty. He, like that, he talks about this. He talks about how he ran forever and he worked out as much as he could because there were two ways out of Flint. the community that he was in, and one of them was football. Yeah, and you know. He's built like a tank. Yeah. He's the big guy in The Expendables. An action movie about action stars all being in an action movie together. He's the one who carries a fucking minigun. He is enormous. Yeah. And this show has made him, at various points, be the small guy in the room. Only when his cousin shows up, but it's like, he makes me feel weak. And yeah, they're always like, you? But it's, it's like... The show knows that he's extraordinary, but it's also normalizing towards him and away from Jake. And, like, Sandberg's doing fine. Yeah, I mean, we we don't do this too much on the podcast because it starts... I think, I think there's a... There's a... <laughs> There's a there's an unfortunate like undertone of creepy when 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 people start commenting on male physicality because it's so normalized to comment on female physicality. Yeah, well. Yeah. Basically, if I I feel like whenever I talk about the guy's physical attributes, I start to sound like creepy fangirl. Huh. So I t- and so when I when I edit and we do end up talking about that, I tend to cut that out. What do you want me to do it? I mean, we can, but, like, specifically with Samberg's... So, like, so, like... Samberg clearly works out. Yeah, like, he's got a, a taut stomach. And you can see, like, he's got clearly, like, defined and toned arms. Yeah. Which you can think of as a stupid fucking hoodie vest. God, what a fucking stupid hoodie. I fucking... I've always hated he that has cut off one the- workout clothes. <laughs> It's the same hoodie too. You're right. Every I've, time. I've always, you know what? I can, I can prove that I've always hated that. Mm-hmm. Like whether it made it into the air version or not, I've every time he's worn that, and he's worn it three times. Ebony Falcon charges and specs in a flashback to crashing wins weekly basketball yeah, yeah. game, and here, and every time he's worn that, I've said I hate that thing. Yeah, it's awful. It's the stupidest thing. It's like who puts your their hood up at the gym? How are you going to do a squat? Dumbass. God. I mean, so much is... But, like... The fucking strings are gonna bounce in your face? What the fuck ever. But I... I was thinking about... Because, like, you know, he's... Yeah, he wears a lot of plaid, and plaid tends to make people just look larger. But, like, you can... Especially in season one, I think, which was 
you can see, like, he's got a lot of muscle definition. Yeah. And it's like, we've commented before about how, you know, I don't know, he, he looks like he works out. And Jake is not, the only time Jake is winded chasing down a perp or fighting off a perp is when he's so hungover he says his entire body has dry mouth. Yeah. Like, there's no, Jake works out, or at yeah. least work, finds a way to keep himself in reasonably good physical condition. Because when when uh, when Jimmy Brogan says, that's how we did in the old days, we were too hungover to catch the perps anyway, like, there's an implied, like, that Jake isn't normally like that. Yeah, no. Like, Jake catches a lot of perps. He chases a lot of guys. He likes being able to do that. We see several times him, phys- like, running someone down. Yeah. Like, he made it down from wherever... What was the episode? Uh, in Stakeout. He, yeah, like, he went woke. down three flights of stairs and at the same time it took them to go down the fire escape. Yeah. Which is made for expedient getting out of buildings Yeah, it involved... <laughs> and also involved Charles fucking Spider-Manning. Yeah. Like, so, like... My problem with this is that, like, the more you normalize towards Terry's body, the more insane our ideas of what human fitness should be like. I mean, like, if Jake's body is unacceptable, I must be some giant fucking beached whale. Because I have, like, more than, I don't know, 10% body fat or whatever Jake has. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Terry Crews' goal is to get below 5%, as he said in his New Year's resolutions. But, like, he professionally sculpts his body. And, like, and, like, even within the show's contact, context, Terry Jeffords is an ex-football player who played for Syracuse. Yeah. Like, that makes total sense. Like, yeah. that he would want to stay, maybe not in full peak physical condition. But he does want to stay in peak physical condition. He says that he's in peak, peak, peak physical condition. His body is one of his prime sources of pride. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's good. It's good to feel good in the body you're in. But Jake is treated like a walking disaster. He eats... Like, fruit roll-up and gummy bear sandwiches for breakfast. Like breakfast he, burrito? Breakfast burrito. He never goes to the doctor uh, or the dentist. Or, like... Yeah, that's the second time that they've mentioned that he doesn't... Yeah. Eat. I pity your dentist. Joke's on you. I don't have one. Yeah, and Andy... Andy... I mean, this... In, like, the same show where he, like, rags on Gina for saying that gum is the dentist. But, you like... You think that gum is the dentist? Oh, man. It, it's just... It's it, sad it, that I could quote both of those scenes, like, immediately. It, it's doing something very unhealthy, I think. And that's definitely something we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. 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 No, I agree, though, that, like, I mean, yeah, it's a comedy, so, like, eh, whatever, it's kind of hard sometimes, but, like, and, like, I get that the joke is that there's no way, like, realist, in, like, a, in a, in a, in an actually realistic, non-hilarious situation. You can't be Terry. Unless you're working really, really hard at it, and also no, in no, in no universe would Terry be considered weak. In fact, that was one of the things I yeah. really liked about the first season was that Terry's physical strength was in direct contrast to his like lack of emotional fortitude. Well, not lack of emotional fortitude, but lack of um, uh, emotional. It's more like callousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's not hardened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he had trouble getting He doesn't try to be tough. Macho, yeah. Like, yeah. like, super, like, machismo thing. I mean, like, he will, like, make his, like, all of his muscles dance. But he's not going to be like, no, I'm a man, we're not talking about my feelings. Right. Pick you up by the scruff of your neck and put you outside the door. <laughs> yes. 
I, I I remember though that was one of the things that I really liked people noting about Terry's character is that here's someone who's like really physically like imposing, mm-hmm. but who is rather instead like very gentle. He's gentle. He's sweet. He's uh, he's a nurturer and a caregiver. Um, that's what he likes doing best. And he's like it's not inaccurate when he refers to himself as a proud mama hen. He really likes seeing himself that way. Yeah, he's definitely precinct mom. Yeah, Holt is definitely precinct dad. Yeah. We've talked about that before. So let's talk about... Holt and Amy? Holt and Amy. Yeah. So I really <laughs> liked... I really liked the Holt-Amy plotline, yeah. and it made me really think that I want Amy to get an A-plot before the end of the fucking season. Or the end of the fucking world. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily need Amy to get a really good A-plot, though, God help me, I really wish she would. And even if it means pairing up with Jake and Holt again, and like getting a little more like lines than she did in Charges oh, and Oh, you mean her to be in the A-plot? Not just... I would like her to own the A-plot. I said at the winter break or something like that that I really wanted Amy to be the primary on a case. Mm. Um, which would let... Which, that, I think, will happen. And I think that would be how she got the A-plot. Do you know what I mean? Like, she would get paired up with Jake on something and then be explicitly assigned the primary. I think that gives us both the things the show wants, which is... Uh, Andy Samberg's character being in the A-plot, but also giving us, like, having Amy really driving the plot. Thing is, Arthi, I don't think that happens before they get together. That's garbage! I I don't think that happens before they get together, because I think they want to save that kind of tension. I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's garbage, though. I think Amy could do it. Oh, I, I think so, too. But I don't think they're going to. So this And, it, I mean... I don't know how far they're out there planning, hmm. um, but I would be... I mean, they're filming 217 right now. Yes, but I don't know if they have thoughts about season three. Oh, yeah. Um, and they knew that they had this whole... They, they had another season pretty... Wait, they're renewed, right? Are we supposed... Should we be worrying about this? If they cancel the show, I'm going out to that there's, precinct and holding the... a candlelight vigil. Which there's one? <laughs> the 78th. Okay. I mean, there's no way they cancel it. But, like... There's no way they cancel it because the numbers are up 32% over last year. Well. <laughs> yes. Um, They're doing extremely well in this time slot with The Simpsons lead-in. And not just because... And I think it's not just because people are watching The Simpsons and waiting for Family Guy to come on. Yeah. God. I know. The kind of person who would fucking do that. <laughs> Shouldn't enjoy the show. Well, I mean, there's plenty there for them because apparently they can laugh at anything. I was talking to my parade, who is now Sky's Ward, on um, Sword Ka- Sky's Ward. Sky's Ward. Yeah. Sky Sword is what I heard. I said that. <laughs> You'll hear it again when you edit. Um, but I was chatting with her today. I actually, and maybe this is out of line for us to comment on, but fuck <sighs> it. I actually think Melissa Fumero could probably get an Emmy nod, if not a win, in the next probably two years. Oh yeah. Yeah. But specifically for Best Supporting Actress. Yes. And and there's precedent for that. Now, admittedly, you're right. The Office shared its love a little bit more, but Pam got that. Um, Jenna okay. Fisher received that nod at least once, maybe twice. Um, I think that Melissa Fumero is a lot more in the spotlight than she was, actually. Pam um, or... Pam. Yeah, I agree. I mean, And she's... Um, one thing I noticed re-watching this episode is... How clearly Melissa Fumero has a plan for her character. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's being, like... I think that she's probably pushing 
Um, and I think it's really paying off. Because this episode is, has taken her so far. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the episode we were comparing her specific plotline to? Maybe the portrait one, maybe, is a good, reasonable parallel. But, like... Any previous Her and Holt episode. Honestly, yeah. Like, she... Like, even the one where she made him the fucking scrapbook. She isn't out of line once. But she does push for what she wants enough to get it. You... And Holt, like, so clearly respects her in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think... I know you were like, eh, when I said this, but I actually think I was, I called it when I said that Amy's, Amy saying I want to be more assertive without it being, like, destructive was going to be her arc. And this is definitely, like, yeah. partial fulfillment of that. Yeah, like, she lays out the things she wants. She gets all of them. Yeah. And she in gets, non-creepy ways. At, at the beginning, she has three goals. She wants street meat, she wants coffee, she wants partner stories. She gets all of those things. Yes. And without her having to push, coerce, cajole, or be embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I mean, she clearly has stars in her eyes and butterflies in her stomach, but she's like... She's keeping she, it together. She's got her head on straight, okay. and it's so good. If I ever meet this cast, and if I do half as well as that, I'm calling it a win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a stoic, so... You, you will definitely keep it together. Yeah, you'll be you'll be the you'll be the. Classic. I said hi to Mayor Bill De Blasio. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I was gonna say you are the classic Tumblr internally screaming gif, like totally okay, and then internally screaming. So yeah, I loved this plotline because it. One thing is that Amy is very Jake like in in numerous times. But the the in the way that she observes the world around her and and reacts to things not in, like. She's being cool observer has the witty comment, Jake. Yeah. A.K.A. A Jake we like. A variation yeah. of Jake we like. Which is surprising since apparently she's not her, his partner this season. I Have they been on a case except for, like, collecting that guy? Basically babysitting? No. Uh, they haven't been partnered up since Road Trip. Uh, they, were, they were working were they, together Were they partnered up before? Okay. And actually, I think I know I I've talked before about like how partner a police partnership like functions in an ideal case with, between uh-huh. detectives. I don't think Jake and Amy are partners. I think yeah, I think just, Charles and Jake are partners. Yeah, I think they just sit next to each other, which is weird because usually when you're partnered with someone, you sit across from them. They were partners in season one, though, weren't they? They were partnered in season one. Okay, but I don't think they were partners. Are are Jake and Charles partners then? That would make the most sense. Right. Because although This show's not doing much with that. Like, the, we can't tell who the partners are, which I think is not how police shows normally go. No. Uh, you In police shows, there's... you And in actual police like work... Well, especially in po- actual police work. They but. have a dedicated partner. Yeah. And then, like, on, on Castle, for example, which, you know, not my favorite example, but I just watched the episode this morning. Um, uh... Kate always works with Rick, and Javier Esposito always works with Ryan. These are these are words to me. Two specific characters and other two yeah, yeah. specific characters always work together. And then, but yeah, um, I don't know. I I I think they've been. I mean, they've been deliberately limiting how much screen time Jake and Amy have together. Yeah, to not probably not to make that bubble over before it has to. Yeah, I think it's also, though, like, it's doing, I feel like on some level it's doing themselves a disservice. Because, like, Jim and Pam, 
they managed to keep slow boil, but they were in scenes together every episode season two. And that was their most important season for that ship. Yeah. Even, even I think they've three. decided that this isn't a very important season for that ship. So actually, I think they don't get together at the end of the season. No, they definitely don't. Yeah. There's no way. At best, So. they confront yeah. it again, but I don't think they're going... No, I don't think they will. But that's weird because pretty soon neither of them are going to have any impediments to that. If, if anything happens between them... Uh, it's Amy's turn to be really brave. Because cause Jake was really brave in Charges and Specs, and Amy was forced to be a little bit brave in the road trip. Yeah. But she didn't... She, she backed away from that so fully. It's Amy's turn to be actually, like, very brave. Yeah. And it would actually fall in neatly with her assertion, wanting to be more assertive... You know what... Plotline. You know what I think could happen? On the assertive plotline... Is that like so? Spoilers. Um, Jake and Sophia will break up like a week from Sunday. Um, the last episode of January, yeah. And that's episode fourteen. 14. Mm-hmm. So there's eight episodes after that. Like I can, and I still suspect the finale's an hour. Sure, I can see Jake like kind of like moping at her with romantic intent and her being like, Jake, we like each other, but I'm not your rebound. Something along that line. And that ends it for the season. See, I was thinking that the season finale might be they again pulling them pulling a switcheroo again. And it being Boyle Gina again. They gotta woo each other this time. <laughs> I actually I I actually wonder if I want some emotional tenderness in my ship. I actually wonder if the season, the the Boyle Gina plotline arc ending isn't um, isn't uh, Gina asking Boyle out on a date. Yeah, that would be great. That'd be huge emotional growth for both of them. That would, well, I know I don't know about Boyle. It depends on how he reacts, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, I so circling back, I I really liked this plotline. I liked seeing Amy's emotional growth. I also just really... She, Melissa Vermeer was, like, stealth the funniest in this episode. Like, it's like... Where her little, like, oh my god, was really funny. And her also, like... And also her, like, resp- like her like trying really hard not to be disappointed responses. Mm-hmm. While Holt was like, I've solved it. It's this person. He lives here. Yeah. This is why. And her be like, can I drive? No, you don't know where it is. Like, <laughs> But then he, then she's like, "We'll get this punk," and he's like, "He's 86. and she's like, "You don't outgrow punk, sir." That's fucking and she, why. And she's like, "Look, you could take everything else from me, Captain Raymond Holt, but I will call the perp a punk." I do what I want. I will call the perp a punk, and you cannot stop me. There are two things I still want. I still want Terry mentoring Amy, and I still want Amy to get the primary position on a case. And I'm, I'm hoping we get my dream situation. Of Amy and Jake getting put on a case together and her being labeled explicitly primary. Mm-hmm. I hold out hope for that. I think it will happen after 214-215. Yeah. And 215 is spoilers. Man, you know what I want? What? I want there to be a case with all the detectives on it. That was theoretically the task force, except Amy was deliberately left out of It was never the that. task force. It was, that was never more than two or three people at once. 
Well, it became the whole precinct except for Amy, inexplicably. When? By by the time we get to USPIS, everyone oh. except everyone except Amy is involved with it at least once. Which is weird because someone as ambitious as Amy would not have. But what I mean is, what I want a vulture episode. Mm. I want an episode where they're all in the same case, like together at the same time. That might mean bringing back the vulture or making Wunch more threatening. Well, I mean, the other they, they need some kind of threat, but like. They can do anything to get it. Halloween was almost that. Yeah, but it really wasn't that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Jake changed too much and they haven't figured out how to do it again yet. But It'd be weird if they couldn't figure out how to... Yeah. Jake, Jake being the sticking point is a weird conundrum because that's... That's... Tom Haverford meets Andy Dwyer. I think it's Jake. I think it's Jake Peralta is who Jake Peralta is. Yeah, okay, you know what I mean. Mm. These aren't new... I think that Tom Haverford beating Andy Dwyer would create something terrible. And I don't think it would be Jake Peralta. I think that um, in their own ways, they've both got a kind of toxic masculinity. And none of their bad traits are expressed in Jake except Andy's slovenliness. And, like... A little bit of Haverford's ego, but, like, they would not combine into a pleasant person. Alright, I, I concede the point there. Although Andy does want to be an FBI agent. Okay. I wanted to say that going back, so we keep, we quoted earlier, like, Amy's excellent line delivery and Holt's excellent line delivery. This is a Matt episode. Yeah. This is not the best, but everyone's line delivery was so spot on. They're great. I mean, <laughs> shockingly, professional actors are really good at being professional actors. Yeah. Comedians. Like, there weren't a ton of high notes in this episode. Yeah, and and I felt like all the ones that were there, either because I'm like a total Amy stan, or because like, or maybe legitimately, I feel like they were all in the B plot this time. And that's yeah. uncommon. They don't normally... The A plot kind of sucked. Yeah. Weirdly, the only other time I feel like it's been all all the... Okay, wait. No, we saw this a couple of times when the people was the only good thing. Us, but... And actually, I was about to say, you asked... It was This show is done where Jake is in the B-plot. Explicitly, that's Operation Broken Feather. Operation Broken Feather, that's so much the A-plot. No, 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 no. Operation Broken Feather... Not Operation Broken Feather. What are you, what are you thinking? Give me something, Arthi. You gotta help me out here. <laughs> I the is it? Oh yeah, you're right. Is the A plot? Fuck. I'm yeah, not, it's definitely the A plot. I was about to say it's, it's one of the shippiest episodes ever. It's definitely the A plot. The B right. plot sucked. They wrote it the last second. You're right. You're right. I'm fucking mad, mad about it. Cause, cause I usually the A plot is whatever the episode's named for, and in this case, the A plot is named for the cold open. Or the episode's named for, the, was named for the cold open. open. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. That's an yep. uncommon thing. Well, I mean, it's also about thwarting the vulture still. That carries throughout the entire episode. And with that uh, stunning nugget of wisdom that has blown open Arthi's mind and allowed her to achieve nirvana, uh, this has been Back in the Field. Before we okay, go... I'll, I'll um, roll that all back. No, no, no. 
Actually, okay, that's cool. fine. Before we go, I've got a couple announcements. One, could you guys please rate us on iTunes? That would really help us out. We're on iTunes? Yeah, we're definitely on iTunes. I should rate us on iTunes. We should. I Yeah, I can't because it's attached to my account. But you guys should definitely rate us on iTunes, especially if you're subscribed to us through iTunes. It helps us. It helps improve, like, our, like, search engine optimization. And also, like, is just really helpful to us that we'd really appreciate it. Second thing, next week we have a very special guest. Uh, We are not going to announce who it is until closer to the podcast recording slash air date. In case there's a firestorm. Yeah, in case she has to cancel, which, you know, if she did, that's totally fine. Obviously wouldn't be... Especially if there's a firestorm. (laughs) You know Firestorm is the new Flash villain, right? Anyway. I didn't know... That's that's her her dead fiancé, right? Yeah. Firestorm. That's who he is. Did, did, um, Did Quirky Nerd Boy name him? No, he named himself. Oh, okay. That would have been really rude of him to name her dead fiancé. Firestorm. It also explains why his nickname's so terrible. Uh, Firestorm is just a thing that happens in California. On the reg. So, the second, yeah, second thing is we have that guest. And, uh, third thing is, um, we are going to be on and off hiatus in February. Uh, so if you want, we'll probably do a Q&A episode again. So start sending us in asks and mark them for the Q&A episode if you want them. To be safe for that. If you want to be chosen, you must choose to do the thing. This summer, <laughs> there will be no new episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. God, what are we going to do all summer, Carl? We Last um, year we just... I'm going to the beach. I'm not actually going to the beach. Podcast from the beach. I'm working nonstop. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> but like, what are we going to do? We can't podcast as much this Let's year. figure that out on air right now. I guess that's... Let's hash it the fuck out. <laughs> that's future Carl and Arthie's problem. <laughs> Speaking of future Carl and Arthie's problems, this has been Arthie. This this one is Carl. And... <laughs> dot Tumblr dot com. <laughs> and I'm ArthieD.Tumblr.com, you guys. We're cracked out. This has been a really long podcast. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Yo.